Welcome to episode 85 of the Girl About the Globe podcast. In this episode, I'm joined by fellow traveller Hannah Ashcroft to transport you to the Central American country of Guatemala. If you've ever wanted to travel to Guatemala or been intrigued by this country, this podcast episode is for you. Stay tuned. Welcome to Girl About the Globe, a podcast for you as a solo female traveller. Empowering women to travel solo with maximum adventure, minimum impact. Welcome to a dose of inspiration for the solo traveller. Today I'm joined by Hannah Ashcraft, who is based in Santa Barbara, California. Hannah is a fellow solo traveller and joins me today to discuss travelling in Guatemala. Hi Hannah, great to meet you. Hi there. Before we transport ourselves to the Central American country of Guatemala, can you just tell me a little bit more about yourself? So how long have you actually been traveling for and what type of activities do you normally look for when you go traveling? So I am born and raised in California. And thank you so much for having me on. I'm really grateful to be here. I've been wanting to speak about Guatemala for a long time, and I'm so happy to be able to talk about it here. So I'm born and raised in California. Um, My family traveled each summer, uh, mainly to the California coast. I think one year we went to Mexico. So we did travel more than some, but not a ton, a ton. In high school, I did a study abroad kind of program for three weeks. And that kind of really got me interested in traveling. And that was to France, Italy, and Greece. And so that made me want to go back to Italy in college. And I studied abroad in Rome. And that's when I started planning travel for myself. And that was very cool. And I loved it, loved it, loved it. And you just, you know, if you're in a destination for a little while, you really like start to see how other people do things. And I so appreciated that. (laughs) And then I I took a little break from uh, traveling, not purposefully, I would say I was just really eager to get a career started. And I went into a career in events management. And um, I did that for a number of years and probably came back into travel around like 25 or so. So it's been another seven years since I've been fully traveling for myself. And those first few trips, I really learned what it was like and what I like to travel for. So what I like to travel for is more outdoorsy activities. There's a a bent towards outdoorsy things, hiking, trekking, rafting, any of those. I love it, but also just trying to engage with the destination more on a slightly deeper level by doing interactive activities. Could be a cooking class, could be a weaving class, sometimes cultural um, and always with a bit of comfort. I enjoy being in a group setting, smaller groups I tend to prefer. And so that's just like, you know, outdoorsy, but a bit of comfort, which is moderately adventurous, which is my blog's name. Brilliant. Well, Central America is perfect for that, isn't it? It's perfect for the cultural activities, nature, volcanoes, adventure. Is that what drew you to Guatemala? Yeah, it's funny. Um, I kind of came to Guatemala in a roundabout way. First of all, I planned a trip to Belize and because I wanted the Caribbean feel and everything. And I discovered that the ruins of Tikal are just beyond the Belize border in Guatemala. And so I planned a trip to go to Tikal. And while I was there, I met someone, which we ended up staying longer than just a day trip. We arranged 
like it was complicated, but we did it. We like arranged transportation to stay at Tikal overnight so that we could be there for a full day, kind of see the sunset and then do a sunrise hike in the morning. And it was on the sunrise hike that I met someone who was doing another female. And I think she was solo. She was doing a program, I think related to medical or something like that. And she was describing the Southern area where the Southern Highlands are, where Guatemala city is. And she was like, if you like this, you're going to love down there. There's volcanoes, there's <laughs> coffee, there's chocolate, there's lakes. She's like, if you like this, you're going to love that. So I kept that on my radar. And then I got home and I like Googled it. And if you just Google a picture of Lake Adidlan, you'll see why it's stunning. And it's so, yeah, I have never even, I feel like in the U S at least it's just not on people's radars to go to Guatemala. And if you just Google that one picture, I was, you'll be, you'll see why I was drawn to it. (laughs) That's so interesting because I was in Belize. I spent four weeks in Belize. And then the only time I got to go to Guatemala was actually when I went to Tikal as well, because it's very easy to get to from Belize, isn't it? On a day trip. And then you can also do Flores at the same time as well. Yeah, I didn't get get a chance to go there. I looked it up, which looks it's uh, on a lake, right? And you there's like a peninsula of like cobblestones and it looks beautiful. So if I go back to Guatemala, I'd want to check out Flores. (laughs) What do you think is Guatemala's attraction for women traveling there? Yeah, I mean, if you want to go for nature, it's, it's absolutely stunning. It's, I ended up doing three volcano hikes within a week on the second trip to Guatemala. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) it was a ton and I'll go into those uh, a little later, but um, the nature is phenomenal. I feel like out of the Central American countries that I've been to, so I've been to Belize and Costa Rica and Guatemala and then Mexico, which I don't know if you consider, it's kind of in its own yeah bracket it's so big and like varied (laughs) but I feel like the nature is amazing and then there's the cultural aspects I did a weaving class and a chocolate class and so I was able to really dive into the culture in a deeper way than I felt in Belize or Costa Rica but um, all the countries are amazing and um, yeah you can kind of do them all as well in and bop around if you'd like to do that and it's also a very budget destination, isn't it? I think you get a lot for your money in Guatemala. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Um, it is under like not as developed. So you're not getting those higher price points that some of the more developed countries that have set tours and things like that, you're getting more of a locals experience. Um, and yeah, I would say it was really reasonable once we got there and it's not even too expensive to fly there from the U S so if you're coming from the US, then it's, I would say, yeah, it's a good budget destination. Because I think quite a lot of people from the US would tend to go to Mexico, wouldn't they? Or even Belize, maybe after that, and maybe not consider Guatemala. So just it's really exciting that I'm actually talking to you to try and get more women to actually go to Guatemala, because it is a fantastic place. And you said that you met somebody in Tikal. Did you also find it quite easy to meet of a solo female travelers when you were there? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I would say, you know, there is kind of a tourist track and those areas tend to be a little bit safer. And those are where you're going to find a lot of the other tours and meet 
people in those places. I feel like those are the easiest places to meet people. I met people in Tikal. I met people in um, Antigua and Lake Abidlan. And mainly, I it depends on your choice of accommodation. There are a lot of like hostels, which which are pretty typical for almost anyone to stay in. They're not something that you should avoid. You can totally do those. And those are a little bit more social, I would say, than Airbnbs or hotels. And each of the I did a lot of guided things, uh, guided, all my hikes were guided um, and the chocolate class and the weaving, they were all with other people. And that's when I also met a lot of other solo travelers because I did stay in some more Airbnbs and didn't meet people in the, in the accommodation. So it was really on the guided stuff that I met other solo travelers and they had traveled to everywhere all over Central America, Nicaragua, Honduras, um, El Salvador, like they had gone everywhere and felt totally comfortable. So it's, it's really up to the traveler how they, they want to experience Central America. Yeah, hostels in Central America are great to meet other people, aren't they? And I think people over there as well, the backpackers that I met, they're really open to just traveling with people that they just meet there and then they don't keep themselves to themselves they're just very friendly and everybody will they invite you along and it's kind of more the merrier so it's it's really welcoming isn't it oh yeah and I still follow people that I met at like that chocolate class to this day or on one of my volcano hikes yeah totally absolutely I do feel like and some of the people I met who were traveling solo weren't solo on the group tour because they were like, oh, I met them and yeah, the last town over and we're here yeah. together. So exactly what you're saying, people kind of like, oh, you're going here, I'll go with you. And it's, it's, it's super, super common. What were your highlights? You said that you hiked three volcanoes, which is amazing in a week. So what are your highlights and your favorite places in Guatemala? Yeah. So let me go over the volcanoes because they were amazing. I can't even describe how amazing. So the first one we did was Pacaya Volcano. And so two of them we did based out of the town of Antigua. And so we did Pacaya first. And that one was quote unquote, the easiest. It was still challenging. (laughs) I think it's about uh, three miles round trip. And that's where I saw lava for the first time, like blowing. I was, I didn't even know how amazed I would be. It Mm. was so, so cool. Um, And it was also, it was kind of a crazy experience because it was sprinkling on us. So, um, cause what happens is this is what I heard at least that volcanoes create their own weather. So pretty much every afternoon you'll see clouds come in around the volcanoes and there's lots of lightning due to the static electricity. So we were on Pacaya and there was flowing lava. There's not always a guarantee that you can see flowing lava, but there was when we went, which was so amazing. We're like watching it. And then my friend like was like, Hannah, Oh my God, your hair. And like my hair was standing on end because of the electricity, which was crazy. And it was a sunset hike. And I do think the sunset hike or sunrise or at night might be good with the lava because it became more and more vibrant the darker it got. So that was fascinating. And because of the sprinkling rain and there was actually lightning kind of around, that's also why I always recommend to go with a guide because I would be way, 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 way more nervous if we weren't with a guide. And you also had to have a mountain guide um, on that track. So having multiple layers of people who understand volcanoes and weather and everything was so, so important. And then also the other cool thing that we did is we roasted marshmallows. 
not in the lava, but next to kind of in the area, this, the ground is so hot. And if there was like a little hole that we could put our marshmallows in and they got toasty and delicious. (laughs) Yeah. So that was just the first volcano. Do you want me to talk about the other two as well? Yeah. And so, um, that wasn't the highest one, is it? Did you say? No, no, definitely not. Um, I would say the next one that we did is probably the highest. So the other one out of Antigua that we did was a Katanango. And I'm, I'm not sure if I'm pronouncing that right. (laughs) I'm not sure if I'm pronouncing any of these right. So, but hopefully my pronunciation will allow you to Google it easier. (laughs) Um, so the thing with a Katanango is that it was an overnight trek. So you would hike up one day, spend the night, and then typically you summit the next morning. And it's crazy in Antigua because there is three volcanoes surrounding it, Aguas Volcano, Acatenango, and Fuego. And so you actually climb up Acatenango and you're looking really closely. It's like just a ridgeline over is Fuego. And Fuego is another active volcano. And it from the town of Antigua, you can see the little plume of smoke happen every, I don't know, 20 minutes, 30 minutes or so. Um, so when you're going up a Katanango, you're getting really close to Fuego and you can see it explode really closely while still being oh. at a safe distance. And so you spend the night on a Katanango and then do sunrise. And due to our weather, we could not do the summit, but that was okay because of how challenging this hike was. It was really, I would say this one is not for everyone. <laughs> if you love this kind of thing, you, you'll love it. Um, but it was, I think, 5,000 feet of elevation gain. So, and we slept at like 13,000 feet. And I'm sorry, I don't have the meters trans like uh, translation or Damn. conversion. Um, and so sleeping at that elevation, I have trouble sleeping at that elevation. I know that from previous experience and I totally experienced it here. It's hard to sleep. It was freezing up there because you're up at such a higher elevation, but this, um, we didn't quite get a sunset because of the clouds coming in, but the sunrise was absolutely phenomenal. As the sun was rising, we got, um, there was at least one explosion of fuego that we saw and you could just see it catapult these red rocks into the air. And it was so vibrant against the darkness. And then as the sun rose, it's coming from the other direction beyond Agua's volcano, which is not an active volcano. So it was just like so much volcano action. You're on one, you're looking at one exploding and there's another one in the distance. I was just like, amazed. And, uh, our guides had coffee ready for us. And so there was some comfort elements to it, but overall it was a pretty challenging experience. (laughs) You suffer from altitude sickness as well. Not too bad. I mean, I think I am like pretty normal. I get light headaches and things like that. Um, my friend definitely had even has it feels the effects a little bit more. And so it was funny because we went with a, a larger group on that one, which I don't typically prefer, but this one I needed to, because they, you'll have to look up the different types of tour operators because some have stuff on in terms of like tents and buildings on a Katanango and then others don't. So we went with the tour group that had it up there. So we didn't have to carry as much, which ended up being a good choice for me because at that point in time, I don't think I was trained enough to handle like a backpacking backpack. 
So it really depends, like definitely take a look at what different tour operators offer. Um, and so the group we went with was a little more budget, but it had the stuff up there and it was a larger group. So we were with a bunch of like very young, sprightly 20 somethings <laughs> and they just flew up the mountain. They didn't have any trouble at all. Whereas me and my friend definitely were like way slower. Um, and at first I felt a little like, oh, we should be keeping up with them or some, some kind of anxiety. And then I was like, wait a minute. I'm paying for this as well. I'm going to enjoy this hike. So really making sure that you're going at your own pace and not at the pace of the group, um, especially on the climb, because once you're there, you're just kind of chilling. You're not doing really much anything else for the rest of the day. So you really can take as long as you want um, to get up there. And so I recommend doing that. And it definitely will hit you differently than someone else. So with the elevation, so I'm glad you brought that up. Yeah, because I suffer from altitude sickness and I didn't realize until I was in Peru. And oh, wow. Yeah. And I arrived in Cusco and I didn't know what was happening to me and I felt awful. And then since then, if I am planning to go anywhere that's got high elevation, I make sure that I get some special altitude sickness tablets and I take them a day before I'm going to arrive. And that really helps with the wooziness. Because to, yes. be able to, to be able to experience something like you've just described would be absolutely amazing. So it's, um, it's a good idea, I think, to test yourself with altitude and then or take some tablets just in case. Yes, sure. absolutely. And do what feels right for you. The, the tour operators will suggest some things, but it's really on you to understand your own body. I, they recommended three liters of water and then an extra liter of water you had to carry to cook with. So you hand that over to the guys and I, we ended up carrying, I think four or more for ourselves. And we almost ran out by the time we got out. So I'm glad we could have even, we probably should have even carried more and water is so critical for altitude sickness as well. So, um, definitely make sure you understand your own body and what you're going to need to be comfortable at that higher elevation. Um, because it was so cold, the tour operator, like let us borrow like extra layers of pants and beanies and like clothing, which was really handy. And I totally utilized because, um, I was not going to bring extra layers like that to Guatemala in general, you yeah. won't need it except for on that overnight hike. So, um, that's a really good point. Those tablets are great. Have them in case you need them. Cause it will, it'll kick your booty. <laughs> yeah. And I'm fit, you know, I, think I'm quite fit I work out but it's just one of those things I think you either get it or you don't you just suffer from it or you don't yes and, exactly I would say it's not it's not necessarily related to fitness yeah. at all it's mm -hmm. yeah. yeah and the third volcano which one was that one so this one was San Pedro volcano and this was out of Lake Adatlan again I I'm, I'm pretty sure of that pronunciation, but <laughs> I would pronounce it the same. Yeah. Okay, good. <laughs> so Lake Aditlan is really amazing because it's this lake in at this higher elevation and it has multiple volcanoes surrounding it. I think there's two, three, I think there's three volcanoes around it. And um, so we decided to do a sunrise hike to wow. San Pedro volcano. I know. And this one, I would say it wasn't as hard as a Continango, but definitely not as easy as 
um, pakaya. It was like in the middle, still pretty challenging. The other challenging element is that when you go for a sunrise hike, I always love a sunrise hike. I love being up there, but I always forget that I need to do half of the hike in the dark. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, we had a to, so we weren't staying in, um, San Pedro La Laguna, I think is the town kind of at the base of all the volcano. We were staying across the lake. So we had to take a water taxi like in the middle of the night, which was such a cool experience to see all of the stars above. And you're just skimming across the lake in this, in the cool air at like two in the morning. (laughs) And then we hopped on a van and then we hiked up the volcano. And I would say that that hike was pretty steep and there was nothing to distract you because you're just wearing the headlamp and you can't really see anything around you. Um, Again, this is why you need a guide. Like I would have totally got lost. I would have like, I don't know what kind of natural elements are out there and I'm kind of glad I didn't. And, um, yeah, we were able to make it up. Our guide was definitely pushing us at the last bit, like, okay, keep going, keep going, keep going. And, um, but we were able to make it for the sunrise. And so it was really, really beautiful to see the sunrise over, um, like audit lawn. And the other thing is once you're on any one of these volcanoes is that you see the other ones. So I could see the other two right next to us at Lake Aditlan, but also in the distance, Akatanango and Fuego's little plume, I could like see it really far in the distance. So that was just, it was a phenomenal experience. And then once you hike down, it's, you know, the sun has risen. So you get to see the whole hike. So you kind of get two hikes in one because you're like, oh, this is what I missed. (laughs) So that was such a cool experience. Did you actually manage to get any sleep the night before and wake up and get there for two or did you stay awake to do the whole thing? No, no, we did try to sleep. I think we like had dinner really early at like 6 p.m. and like tried to go to bed at like 8 p.m. or something and then wake up at midnight. It was more like a nap, but we definitely tried to sleep. And then I don't think we did much after it. I think we just kind of crashed. I mean, after all of the hikes, like Mm. it was cumulative of like, we were exhausted by the end. And we were also doing other activities like out of Antigua and um, at Lake Adelan, like I said, the chocolate class, we also went to a coffee plantation. Um, So we tried to do other activities as well. It was jam packed, but I wouldn't have it any other way. And Lake Atalan, that's one of the popular places to stay, isn't it? There are lots of different, is it resorts or lots of different little villages that you can stay in? Yeah, there's different little towns and each one has its own vibe. We ended up staying at an Airbnb in like a very unknown little town. But if you wanted to say party or enjoy nightlife, you could go to San Pedro La Laguna. Or if you wanted to go see the more of the artisans, where we took the weaving class, there was another town and I think it was San Juan La Laguna. They're very similar. Yeah, <laughs> and then if you're into like more spiritual yoga, a lot of yoga retreats and things like that are spaced along. I think San Marcos is another town that the, a lot of those. So you can definitely do your research and find out what kind of vibe you want um, in terms of how you like to travel. So if you do like it quieter, there's absolutely ways to find those more nooks and hotels. And there's different hotels that are like right on the water or off the water. But yeah, there's a lot of little towns all around that some are accessible from roads coming in and then others are not entirely. So how you get around in Lake Aditlan is actually via 
water taxis called lanchas, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was, that was a great experience too. I mean, you're just kind of getting around, but um, yeah, you get to go by water taxi. <laughs> That's really cool. Were there any other favorite places that you had in Guatemala? I know you had some favorite experiences. So you, you stayed in Antigua and Lake Atalan. Were there any other places that you stayed in that also were your favorites? No, I, those were the main places besides Tikal on the other end, on the other trip. Those were the main places. And I think um, there are so many small towns when we were trans- getting transported to Antigua or Lake Atalanta, I could see all these like adorable little towns along the way. There's so much more to explore. I feel like I barely scratched the surface. I do think those two places are definitely the tourist track, but they also serve as amazing bases if you want to explore from there. Like, I feel like there could be so many more hikes I could do from Antigua or Lake Adelan. So if you wanted to use those as a base to explore, you could absolutely do that. Or there's so much more to explore in Guatemala. That's good to know that you can have them as your bases. Are there any hidden gems in the country that you suggest that people should visit? Hidden gems. I mean, to me, so I think I mentioned it in the US, people don't even think of Guatemala as a destination. And every person that I met all along the way, like sometimes in transportation, um, they would say, no one knows about this. Like people from New York, people from like, everyone's like, I don't know how this place isn't popping off because it's so incredible, but so hidden. So I would say the whole country is a hidden (laughs) 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 for, for a a U.S. I don't know if it's different in the UK, but definitely in the U.S. it's not, it's not well known at all. And then the town of Antigua is so, so charming. I it's, I think it's a UNESCO heritage site and there are just beautiful churches there. There's one that the domes have fallen through on. And so it's a really cool experience due to the earthquakes. I mean, there's just so much geological things happening, but due to the earthquakes, the domes had fallen through on this one cathedral. And so you can actually look up and see the sky and um, the passing clouds. Yeah. Yeah. I would say I'm pretty like activity focused (laughs) (laughs) on everything. Um, Yeah. I don't know about hidden um, as much as Uh, just really incredible and heartfelt experiences. I would say can take a weaving class. The class that I took on Lake Adelan, they're everywhere. You can find one everywhere. But the one that I took was part of a women's cooperative. And so they are offering options or like availability for women who live there to be able to make an income either through their weavings or by teaching the classes. And during that class, we opted for a shorter one just because we were like shoving so much into to our time there. So we found a three hour class. And what was cool about it is that the only one person spoke some Spanish. So they were speaking in their native tongue. And yet we were totally able to communicate. And like, mm-hmm. I so enjoyed being around that feminine presence and them speaking in their native tongue and doing this craft that they know in and out, like every single pull of the string, they totally understood it. So I was, it was a really, really cool experience um, to see just how they operate and um, the weaving itself is such a skill. Is it Quechua? Is that their local language? I, you know, I'm not sure what, what language. 
How did you find that weaving class? Was it something you organized before you went or you just found it when you were there? No, I pretty much organized because it was such a short time frame that I was traveling around. I organized pretty much everything ahead of time. And I think I found the comp or the, the weaving class, which was called Tinte Maya. I think I found it either through another blog or even on some forums that someone just mentioned that they did a weaving class at Tinte Maya. And then it was kind of funny that I think I booked through Facebook, which I would never normally do, but that's how they communicate and that's what they have access to. So happy to do it however they need to. I think they would have taken walk-ins as well. Um, If you go to San Juan La Laguna, where the artisans are, there's all kinds of weaving classes. Like you could probably walk down the street and find one um, if you wanted to just go explore and book one. I think it's, it can be very casual, but due to our timing, we wanted to like set it up ahead of time yeah that makes sense and it was called Tintin Maya Tinte yes (laughs) T-I-N-T yeah (laughs) I think based on their tents and they I think they did all of their dyeing like if you do the longer class you can watch them dye the stuff or help them dye you can like have do the setup of the backstrap loom um, with them Um, so the longer class would definitely be a little bit more of an in-depth in-depth experience That's such a great thing to do, isn't it? it? And a great initiative. You were saying that you also did a chocolate tour. You went and visited a chocolate factory. Um, This one was just based out of Antigua. And it was a class. I think they called it the bean to bar chocolate (laughs) experience. And I know. I think it would have been fun to go to a chocolate farm. Absolutely. This one was just based in Antigua and it's called from the Chaco Museo. And I think they have locations across Central America. It's not just specific to Guatemala. So if you're in another country, you can look it up and do the bean to bar workshop in another country because chocolate is grown in the whole region, which is very cool. Um, And that experience was very fun. We made a chocolate bar um, ourselves. We did like different chocolate drinks. They walked us through the history. We tried like the raw bean, like what that's, it's kind of like a goopy brain, like texture. So I would say that experience was like, quote unquote, a little more touristy, but I would, I don't know the history. I don't know what it's like to grow up making hot chocolate from that chocolate paste. So to go and do that was really special to me. And I'm, I'm really glad I did. (laughs) Definitely. I think, especially like you say, because you grow up eating chocolate and then when you actually see where it comes from and it's really surprising, the taste and the texture of it. So it's, yeah, it's quite enlightening, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. And they, they kept it so, so fun. Um, and that's where I met some of the other solo female travelers is during that workshop. And we were like, I forget what we were doing, but we were like racing to like grind the chocolate and they had us like do all sorts of activities while incorporating the history. And like, we tried different chocolate drinks, like I said, made a chocolate tea and you can purchase some stuff from there. Those were great souvenir gifts. Um, I think I bought a chapstick that I used for months afterwards. It's like, it was, yeah, I really enjoy going to a place and doing the experience and then purchasing that because that's what I got to experience. Yeah, that's special, isn't it? If you only had two weeks to see the country, is there a suggested itinerary that you would give somebody? 
Yeah. I mean, I feel like, again, I only scratched the surface, but I feel like I nailed it. Like I loved every single experience that I did. And so I feel like there's probably even more to do. I feel like the Southern area, the highlands where Antigua is and Lake Adelan, that's going to have a ton of little towns and cultural experiences and then the nature and the hiking because of the highlands and the higher elevation, there's a ton to experience. I saw tours for like mountain biking and trekking and all kinds of rafting um, and things like that. I think that could be where you spend like a good chunk of time. There's so much to explore. And then going up to the jungles of where Tikal is, I feel like you've got to you yeah. got to go up there. I mean, I'd love to hear your experience, but like walking. So you have to walk into Tikal. There's a bit of a walk in. And then these massive Mayan structures are in front of you. That feeling was so, so cool to like come into the main plaza. And yeah. then they've set it up so you can walk up the top to the top of these structures um, in a way that it, the buildings are protected. Um, and you can see over the treetops and to the other buildings. So that is the most spectacular thing for me. I've got a picture that I really love where you can just see the main temples just poking out the top of the trees. I'm not sure, is it? It's not one of the seven wonders of the world, is it? But I think it, it definitely should be. I feel like it should be. I don't know how it's, I don't know how it's not overrun. It's such a cool yeah. place, but go there while it's not overrun because, um, and if you can spend the night, I love seeing it once the day trippers kind of left and the animals started coming out. We saw spider monkeys in the trees. We heard the howler monkeys. We saw parrots like swirling above. So being there at a time that's like a little atypical was, was really such a cool experience. I think also as well, if you compare it to Chichen Itza in Mexico, which is very touristy and it gets mm -hmm. a lot of visitors and Tikal doesn't seem to get that many visitors and isn't that overrun. I also think that you were speaking about Belize earlier as well, that that's very underrated and that has a lot of Mayan temples. So Guatemala especially is a good alternative for people that want to see temples as well, but don't want to have the touristy sites of Mexico. Yeah. I haven't personally been to Chichen Itza, but um, it looks like a very different experience mm -hmm. in terms of the, yeah. like at Tikal there, it's surrounded by jungle. Like yeah. there are certain areas of the park, you can like kind of see what they're actively uncovering. Like it's still very much covered. It's surrounded by trees, like nature has taken over. Um, and so you're, you could be totally alone with some of these temples. Um, and I thought that was so such like such a different experience than like the kind of the tourist track up um, on the Yucatan Peninsula. And what else were you saying about the itinerary? So I would I would also say like, yeah, maybe using Florida's as your base mm. um, to spend some time up there. And it's a very different environment from what I remember, like driving in. It's uh, so much more flat and jungle oriented. And there's probably some wildlife that you can see up there and more of a jungle environment. And you mentioned before about getting around by water taxis on Lake Atalan. How else did you get around the country? Did you take chicken buses or did they have special tourist buses as well? 
Yeah. So it is all by road in Guatemala. They don't have, as far as I understand, um, like train development or anything like that. So you're pretty much on the road and there is chicken buses available that you can pretty much get anywhere, I think, on those. Um, and that's quite an experience. I did not end up doing any in Guatemala. I did in um, Belize, which I think if you're nervous to try a chicken bus, like maybe starting in Belize and like experiencing it there where everyone speaks English, um, that could be a nice way to like get introduced to it before you jump into it in another country. <laughs> um, I pretty much um, arranged most of my transportation. Um through different private operators um, that would be at the specific times that I wanted. I always feel like there's an exchange of time versus money. Like the chicken busters would be way less expensive, probably dollars compared to arranging your own private transportation. But at the same time, I'm usually going for a shorter period of time. Um, and so my time is invaluable and I want to get to the next destination and be able to experience that next thing. So yeah, you'll definitely get there if you're going on private transportation. <laughs> and a chicken bus, just for anybody who doesn't know what a chicken bus is, how would you how would you describe one of them? Um, they're very colorful. They're typically um, like older U.S. school buses that have been, I think, even retrofitted and then um, completely painted over on the exterior to um, with colors and like doodads. And it's, it's, it's an experience for sure. And that's the local transportation. And I'm not sure where chicken bus comes from exactly the name, but I do remember when I was in Belize, there were actually chickens on the bus as someone was transporting their little chicks. And so the whole time there was just like the whole <laughs> along the ride. I think that's where the name comes from. I think because they used to transport livestock. And they, okay. well, they obviously still do on the route. They still do, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever you need to transport, they got you. <laughs> Is there anything that you would suggest for people to do in the evenings in Guatemala? You know, I was pretty wiped out each evening. Um, I know that there is definitely nightlife happening in Antigua. There's bars. I think we went to one during the day actually, because it had a really great view of the Aguas volcano. And we got to um, see that while we had lunch or whatever. So we ended up calling it pretty early each night. However, I know there is nightlife there and I would feel totally comfortable in Antigua getting around and coming home late. Um, it's a pretty safe city. You see a lot of police walking around. Um, I think they're really trying to encourage tourists safety specifically in Antigua. And um, we did have a dinner, like a later dinner, like a really nice dinner late, and then did some late night shopping. Um, a lot of, there are some markets that are open late and you can kind of browse in the evening. So if you're not into nightlife, I feel like there's still stuff that you can do kind of in the evening. And then there is, again, in Lake Atlan, some of the towns are more nightlife focused. And so if you're into that, I would say head to, I think it was San Pedro that was more nightlife focused, but the water taxis do stop in the early evening. So you would want to be staying there if you're going to partake. Okay, good advice. Is there anything that you would avoid in the country? Because I know that Guatemala does get a bit of a bad rep about security and Guatemala City is a bit sketchy. You obviously managed to bypass Guatemala City. Yeah, I didn't spend any time there. And honestly, I, I did want to mention that, that in the US, there is 
definitely a negative or people see it as unsafe here. Um, and I actually, before I left, someone personally said, I recommend that you don't go, which was pretty shocking. I was pretty shocked to hear that. Um, and I think that comes from a lot of government corruption in the past, and it could be still today. I'm not sure. And I'm also not sure what's happened during the pandemic. So it might have changed. I feel like there has been government corruption. And so there's a lot of people who are opportunistic. Um, I wouldn't say it's particularly violent. Um, I didn't experience anything like that. And honestly, every regular person I met was the nicest people I could ever meet. Like I said, with the weaving and um, we went to a coffee plantation where we met the farmers, the, the normal humans day to day are absolutely wonderful. I feel completely comfortable with totally safe. Um, it's just that there are people who are not in a good position and they see tourism and their money. I think that's what they really want is your money, your valuables. So I think you just need to be smart. Don't travel with your valuables. Don't carry a lot of money on you, especially if you're going somewhere like out of town. If you're feeling uncomfortable, stay along that tourist track um, where, like, like I said, in Antigua, where there was a lot of police. I don't know if it's the same as it once was. It could be a lot safer now. Um, and I feel like safety is, is such a tricky thing to talk about. I obviously still went and I had an amazing time. So I did want to say one other thing about that is when you're going hiking, which I did a lot of, I always recommend going with a guide, not only for safety with the environment. So don't go alone first. Just don't go alone. Um, in terms of the environment, the volcanoes are active. That's kind of scary. And then also you're setting yourself up if you're alone in a remote destination for people to be opportunistic. So if you start researching like the San Pedro volcano hike, and there's another popular one in Lake Adelan, you'll definitely come across stories where people were essentially mugged, where they were held up and their money was taken from them. Um, tourists, you'll see stories like that. And it was interesting because the guide that we went with, he, he carried this giant machete and brought along an enormous pit bull that was extremely well-fed and beautifully built, honestly, <laughs> named El Capitan. And El Capitan oh, and our, yes, <laughs> he led the way. And um, I think that's why is because they know that people are around that want Mainly, they just want your money. Um, and so that's something to consider. And I explicitly talk about that in my San Pedro volcano hike. So if you want to read more about my experience, you're welcome to do it. Um, he, Our guide called them bandits. And I think things have changed slightly over the years in which you might even have a police escort or San Pedro volcano has more police activity to ensure um, tourist safety. So don't ever hike without a guide. I think you also learn so much more when you're with a guide. I definitely did. I love to learn about the flora, the fauna, as well as keeping, keeping me safe. So, and I really trust my guides, maybe even too much. <laughs> no, that's um, good advice to go with a guide. Yeah. I think with other cities in Central America and also in some of South America as well, they are just a bit sketchy and they're known for opportunists and, um, mugging so you just need to be very vigilant within that continent anyway but I, I lived in Colombia for a year and a half and nothing happened to me so 
Absolutely. I feel like, like I said, the, the other women I met um, went through other countries, which are seen as even worse than Guatemala, <laughs> mm-hmm. um, with people being opportunistic towards uh, to- tourists. And they said, I never had a problem. I was totally fine. And so I do think there is a lot of things that travelers can do to ensure their safety. And I also think just getting used to it, like starting maybe with a country that is seen as safer, like Belize or Costa Rica, getting used to that will really help you. And if you speak Spanish, that'll really help you. I feel like just understanding what's going on and the more that you learn about the history and why it is the way it is, the the more that you'll you can absolutely travel safely in the country. And the last thing I would say to avoid is don't drink the water. <laughs> yeah, good point. But do drink the coffee. Yes. The, beer. the coffee and the beer is some of the best I've tasted. Really? That's amazing. I definitely went to a coffee um, plantation and that was another cooperative. And it was so cool to see Guatemalan coffee. You see it on like Starbucks and like single origin destinations. I, and I brought so much home as much as I could fit in my, <laughs> my suitcase. It's really good coffee. I just recently came back from Uganda and Rwanda and I actually prefer Guatemala coffee and the oh. beer as well. Oh, interesting. Yeah, but sorry, good advice. Don't drink the tap water. Yes. <laughs> um, yeah. What would you say to someone who's looking to go to Guatemala for the first time and they're feeling a bit apprehensive about going there alone? Yeah, I mean, I think it's, it's so worth it the nature and the experiences were absolutely incredible. Again, I'd say if you are worried about the safety thing, um, getting used to the other, maybe starting in Belize and then making your way to Dakal and then South, like that could be a really cool itinerary where you kind of allow yourself to get used to just the culture and how things are run there. Um, but I definitely wouldn't avoid it. I, would love to go back and discover even more of the small towns and the culture. Um, yeah, I would say it's, and once you're with like the locals, like you'll see why they're so incredible and kind and knowledgeable of whatever they're doing. Can you describe Guatemala in three words? It's so tough, but I would say, and this doesn't touch on everything, but I would say explosive natural beauty. Like it. Yeah. (laughs) It was to me, Guatemala was mind blowing. So that's why I wanted to touch on something so uh, exciting. (laughs) And before we wrap up, is there anything else that you wanted to add about Guatemala? Um, yes, that I don't speak Spanish. Um, I speak very little Spanish. And that's what another thing to know is I was able to communicate with people just fine. And even if they don't speak English, um, I feel like it's pretty easy to communicate with people. Again, people are so nice and kind and patient with tourists. So that's not something you need to worry about. <laughs> um, but the more Spanish, you know, the more helpful it's going to be. So I don't speak Spanish or the native Mayan tongue. So if I, I deeply apologize if I butchered anything <laughs> at all during this time. Um, if you need the spellings, just head to my website. That's where I have everything. And I would say that I was, I really love my time there. It, I, I guess I didn't have much expectations going into it. So going on the three volcano hikes where I saw lava and the sunrise and the explosions and the, the chocolate and the coffee, um, I really loved my time there. If it isn't so communicated in the way I speak. Um, and I was so grateful that I went. 
Oh, I love it. Now, your passion for Guatemala has definitely come through and you've you've made me want to go back because I haven't seen that much of Guatemala. So I'd love to go back at some point, especially because of all the community based tourism as well that you're describing, which is really important nowadays, I think. How can people find out more about you? You also mentioned that you'd written about your San Pedro hike. Yeah, I've written about each of the um, activities individually, actually. That's how I structure my website. So my website is moderatelyadventurous.com. And if you go into destinations in Central America, you'll see Guatemala and you'll see them all, including the Tikal information that I went on separately. So I have it arranged by activity, which is is the reason I travel. So that's how I arranged it. Um And if you want to sign up for my newsletter, that's where you can kind of hear what's going on in my more or less daily life. I don't always speak about what I'm doing, but kind of what's going on with the blog and what's coming up and just reminders, or sometimes I share seasonal travel um, stuff to keep in mind. Then there's always social media where my handle is moderately adventurous on everything on Pinterest, Instagram, TikTok. You can find me in those. Those are most active, I would say. Fantastic. I'll put a link to your blog as well on the interview. So thank you so much, Hannah, for joining me today. And I wish you every success with your blog and future adventures. Thank you so much for having me. It was so much fun. And you can discover how to travel solo to Guatemala on the Solo Travel in Guatemala Destination Guide on the Girl About the Globe blog. See you next week. Thanks for listening to our Girl About the Globe podcast, making solo travel easier for you. Find everything that you need for your solo travels at girlaboutheglobe.com and don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss an episode.